everybody welcome to the roost podcast i am your host sean pitcher today's guest we have on is tyler booker aka t book he is a division one football player um really excited to have him on one of the main reasons why i brought him on as an athlete is not only on this podcast so i want to get the voice out of the variety of different practitioners that help support the athlete but i also want to give athletes a chance to also speak on how having a, a team around them plays an important role um, to allow them to be able to obviously stay healthy, stay on the field, and also progress their patterns, skills, and development. So that way it's not only helping them during the time as an athlete, but also is helping develop those skills for long-term as well after the career is over. Um, but T-Book, appreciate you taking the time today to come on. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. I'm glad to be on. I'm glad to give my input. All right. So first question I always start with, could you please tell the audience um, what is Tyler Booker's roots? Where do you come from? So my roots um, sit down here in New Haven, Connecticut, up here in New Haven, Connecticut. I'm so used to being in Alabama. Up here in New Haven, Connecticut. Um, yeah, my roots are just my my family just being football fanatics. You know, my uncle played. He went to Michigan State. He was on the practice squad for the Steelers, and that translated to my dad being obsessed with the game of football. So. Ever since I can remember, I was watching football with my dad, with my family. We just kind of obsessed over the sport, and that's what brought us together. And I saw how happy it made my dad and made my family. So I was like, you know what? I love the sport, and I want to go do this. So that's when I started playing. But ever since I started playing, I had a, a different type of focus to me, even from a nine-year-old. Like When I was nine, that's when I knew. I was like, okay, football's for me. Like This is what I want to do with my life. This is what's going to drive me. This is what's going to open doors for me. I knew since that young and from me going to middle school hour and a half away spending my freshman year in new jersey to me spending the rest of my high school years in florida it's just i've always remembered my why and i always remember why i'm doing this and so i just always had a next level focus about me and carried myself in the way that i have goals and i'm, I'm gonna achieve them and i'm gonna speak them into the air but i'm also gonna work for them at the same time and I could tell, I mean, the first time I met you, 15, 16 years old, right? We got we got the chance to work together, you know, for for three years of your career in high school. And, you know, you just know it when when someone walks in the room, whether it's the weight room, walks on the field, you know, how they communicate with staff, you know, especially at your age, just like the focus and dedication that you had. And, and obviously, like, I'm not saying it's just you. There was several other players as well. But, you know, you're, you were one of those individuals that definitely when I first met stood out. I was like, you know, this guy's mature at a very young age and like the fact that he's this mature at this young and this kind of like locked in already is definitely going to have some huge promise. So I, I would assume then that that locked in and focus and dedication when I first met you, is that then just attributing from, it sounds like the overall support that you've had from your family as a whole. And then it sounds like the experience that um, your family member had there were football is, would you, would you say those were the key factors that put you in that mindset? Or was it your environment that put you in that mindset? Kind of like what got you to that point? Yeah, the key factors were definitely my, my family definitely attributed to that. But um, not to be selfish and not to just keep it all about me, but I feel like that's just that's just a decision that I made in my head from being nine years old and realizing how I dominated the game of football and how much fun I had and how happy I saw my family after I performed that way. So them just keeping me focused, getting me to the workouts, getting me to the to the games, getting me to the film sessions, all of that. That's that helped me keep my focus in. 
I was locked in. I, I, I joke often and I say I was a one-trick pony. A lot of kids played other sports. I, I did track and field for about a season and a half, but I, I always knew I wanted to play football. I, I wanted to play at the highest level. And when I told my parents that, they were like, okay, we're going to help you get there. Whatever you – are you sure you want to do this? Because we're going to give it our all. Like We're going to go to every workout. We're going to go to every football camp. We're going to go to whichever school is going to help you get to where you want to get to. So – they were just just as invested as I was. So having that support from them, I, I wouldn't, wouldn't have been able to do that without them. And them also allowing me and trusting me to go to IMG as a, as a I made that decision as a 14 year old. It was a life changing, life changing decision. I'm glad I made it, but that was a lot for my parents to watch their, watch their um, oldest son go all the way down to Florida and them being in Connecticut. So they missed out on a lot, but I feel like they also made up for made up for a lot by coming to all the games and their support over the phone in person whenever they came down to surprise me. So I wouldn't have been able to do it without them. Yeah, it's it's always tough when you know you have that talent, you have the opportunity, and then you know you see your parents are now starting to invest in you, and you're like, man, these guys are spending a lot of time. And like at the end of the day, like if if they're going to invest as much time in me, like I can't put myself in a position where I'm slacking and not giving my all because if they've got me to this point, like I got to be able to we're not trying to give back favors or give back anything to our parents, but it's like, it's like a two way street, right. With, with any relationship that you have with whoever that person may be a coach, a practitioner, your family member, like if if they're giving you all that effort for, let's say the 14, 15 years of your life, you're like, well, I got to put some effort in now because they, they set me up in a good situation to be able to kind of excel from there. And like you said too, it's, it's tough, right? When you're sending your child off 14, 15, 16 years old, you don't have control of anything that they do. You don't know what's going on. Like, are they going to be safe? Like that's, that's a huge uh, commitment and a huge position you put yourself in. Hopefully you're trusting that those staff members around you to hopefully put the, you know, your son or Alex, we have female sports there too, but your daughter in the right place to be able to succeed is a tough decision for parents. Um, and once I wanted to, I wanted to bring up the story because sometimes, you know, when people ask me like, oh, you know, Tyler Booker, I was like, yeah, he's, he's a different cat. And I don't know if you remember this. Do you, do you remember the last thing you told me our last away game trip at the hotel? Our last away game trip. That was, that was the Auburn game, right? Yes. It was in, it was the next morning after the game. If not, what I say. <laughs> so usually what I always did, right? Like I went downstairs really early, made sure breakfast was set for y'all, snacks were out, fluids were out, all that type of stuff. Cause I wanted you guys to obviously walk in and like not have to worry about nothing. Like everything was set, you can grab and get what you need. I remember I mm-hmm. walked up that morning and you were already sitting at a table and you already had gotten breakfast. And I was like, oh, T book, like you're up pretty early. I thought you would like like everybody else, right? Most guys would sometimes would sleep past breakfast. Or they get to the, you know, get the breakfast at the very end. And I, I came down and sat down with you. And uh, the first thing you said, he's like, they don't get it yet. He's like, they don't, they're like, they're like you don't, they don't get it yet. Like, I want to be a pro. Like, I want to be a high level player. He's like, and if that means I got to get up and I got to come and eat breakfast and I got to recover from what I did the day before, like, that's what I'm going to do. And unfortunate, they haven't figured that out yet, but that's what I know needs to be done. And like, that's how I'm going to carry myself going forward. And as soon as you said that, I was like, all right, whatever he does beyond this, like just that statement right there, I'm like, he's going to be straight <laughs> at the end of the day. Um, 
one of the things I know we talked a little bit offline is uh, just can you give us an idea what goes into being a division one football player? Like what does a day look like for you on a regular basis? So let's I'll give you a Monday during no a Tuesday, because I think that's our that's our hardest day of the week. Mm-hmm. Tuesday or Wednesday. So well, um I'll give you I'll give you off season day first. So wake up at six thirty. Um no, I wake up at six. No, nah, probably like five forty five. Five forty five, six o'clock, wake up anywhere in between there, go lift at six thirty. After that I go straight to um I pick I pick up my shake. They put creatine and glutamine in there. Then I go to I go to breakfast. I I always have time to take a nap before class, and that's crucial for me before class. Um, I take a nap before class. I head to class. Then I go to. Then I go to the facility. I eat lunch. After lunch, I take another nap about 15, 20 minutes. Then I get in the cold tub, then a hot tub. When I contrast, I do five minutes in each four times. After I do that, I dry off, I roll out, and then I go over my plays and I go over the practice before. Um, and then I, then I obviously go to practice. After practice, I'm in the hot and cold tub, pretty much the same routine. Then after that, I go home, watch the film, do homework, and if I have tutoring, I go to tutoring. But that that was just a short of it. That was yeah. Just, so and, and I wanted I you to I wanted you to say that because I think some people that whether it's media, whether it's they're sitting at the game, whether it's they're watching you on TV, right? Like they're real quick to criticize an athlete. They're real quick to say athlete's not doing a great job. He had a bad game. He doesn't look, he doesn't look great today or like the team's having a bad season, but you know, little do some know if they haven't been an athlete before, like what actually goes behind the scenes that you have to do on a day in day out basis from a schedule a routine. Sometimes it's monotonous every single day it's it's the same but it's like do you want to be good enough and do you love the process enough to be able to have the mindset to do that day in and day out and i don't think some people because you said if i get up at 5 45 6 o'clock i'm assuming you probably don't go to bed till like probably like 9 10 o'clock at night and and between that whole time frame you're doing something or moving and, and transitioning to something Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You're always moving. And if you're not, if you're walking wrong, they, that's what we say on the field, but I kind of apply it to my life. Like if you're walking, if you're, if you're, if you have too much free time, you're wrong. You should either be studying your playbook, getting some more recovery in, um, studying for school, going tutoring. Like if you're walking, you're wrong. There's always something that you can be doing, but you also have to make sure you set up time for you to like chill and relax too, you know? Yeah, you just have to stay. You have to stay disciplined with that time, and when you allow yourself to have that time, and you have to be disciplined and know yourself to know when you need a break, and then know when you like, man, I'm good. I can put some more work in. When to dissociate the two, or or when to like, you know, you just have to have time to yourself. Because because sometimes like that process can can consume some people, you know, mentally, physically, because it's breaking your body down. So it, it comes to the point. It's just like. You know, is it I need 30 minutes to myself? Do I need an hour to myself? Some guys are like, Why do you actually need a full two hours? Like, I'm sure you could probably attest, like everyone's probably a little bit different of how much of that like self-care and self-time that they need just so they can be straight and ready for the next day and facing the same thing again. Mm-hmm. That's why that's why those naps are so crucial for me. Like I take a nap right after the live because um it'll let me let me get my mind right. It it sometimes I don't even go to sleep. It's probably 
most of the time it's just a meditation, just me sitting there with my eyes closed, thinking about what I have to do for the rest of the day. And then that nap before practice, which is kind of a meditation as well, that's me thinking about my assignment. What did I do last practice? What I do? What do I need to do today? Um, it just gives me time to my time to myself to gather my thoughts and figure out what I need to do to continue to be a pro, to be to get better. One, you're probably also feeling refreshed. And I like what you said there. Like I take a 15, 30 minute nap. You're not like what I've heard from some guys like, oh, I'm taking a four hour nap and then their, their sleep schedule is all messed up. And then like they're going to bed at like one o'clock in the morning or something crazy like that. But um, it's it's cool that you're, you know, with the meditation visualization, you're probably then getting into practice or even getting into a lift or, or even the game. And you've already probably thought through the playbooks, the plays, what you're already going to do. And then it just becomes like you're not you just go out there and do it. Yeah, you're not slowed down. Like you can just go. That that was the biggest thing for me as well. So last spring, I, I did all right for an incoming freshman. But once I got to fall camp, I was a lot better just because I knew what I was doing and I didn't have to go slow. I could just go, go, go. And when you could play fast, that's when, when you play fast, that's when the game slow down, slows down. You're able to pick up on things that the defense does. So having that, having a whole season under my belt, I'm just excited to see how far camp goes. Because when, when you're just sitting there and solely thinking about like, oh, what's my assignment? How am I going to step? Like, what do I got to do next? It's like, all right, now you're just filling up your mind with like seven steps. And it's like, now I'm slow. I'm going to slow myself down. I can't even actually like look out what's going on in front of me. Like what's, what's the line look like? What are the linebackers doing? Like, and you can't, you can't actually read the field and read the people in front of you like you, you'd want to because you're too worried about what you need to do physically and then mentally internally to get from point A to point B. Exactly. Um, I know one thing you said you were really passionate about was, you know, talking about the mental game, the preparing for, you know, the rigors of a season, which practice, lift, film, um, obviously getting your meals in. Can you can you speak about that or speak about why you're really passionate about having um, your mental in the right place day in and day out? I'm really passionate about that because you're, you can take yourself so much further than your body can go. In order to do so, your mental has to be right. You have to know in your head, like, why you're doing what you're doing, like, your why. You have to know how you're going to accomplish your why and what what's going to help you get there and what's preventing you from getting there. So just being self-aware is so important within that process and just mentally being prepared for everything that's going to be thrown at you, you know, because being a Division One football, there, there's a lot that goes on. Division One football player, there's a lot that goes on with school, with um, sometimes the lineup isn't going your way, you feel like coaches are on your side. So you just have to be mentally strong to go through whatever the season throws at, at you. And you have to you have to make sure that your mind is set up to a spot to where I know, okay, I need less of this and more of this, and I need more of this and less of this, vice versa. And then with that, with the mental comes, the support staff, and you just need people to talk to, whether it's, your family, people that work at your school, a friend, you just always need people to talk to because it gets it gets rough and having all that stuff pent up, that's not that's not gonna help you at the end of the day. So if any division one football player is listening, you just find somebody to talk to when it gets rough. Because you're gonna go through those days when it's like, man, is this really for me? Like did I did I choose the right school? Because I'm not gonna lie, I've had those thoughts. But after I got through those moments, after I talked to talked to my people, I realized, yeah, I did. I was just I was just in one of those moods. I just had a rough day, but you just got to go on and move past it. And then the, the other thing is, like, 
Rome wasn't built in the day. Take everything one day at a time. Win each day. Make sure you're make sure you accomplish everything in this day that you need to accomplish, and then you can look forward to the next day. Because when you're thinking, you have the mindset of, "Oh, I want to be a starter." You don't know if you're going to start or not until set September, and you got here in January. What do I need to do to become a starter? And how do I do that day by day? That's what's going to help you become a starter in September. So you just need to focus on what you're doing each day. And you never know Getting when everything you, you, you never know when you're going to get plucked. All right. Like you can start one one week, maybe it didn't go great. Coach made a decision, put in somebody else. How are you going to react to that? Like, are you going to be in a negative mindset? Are you going to beat yourself up? Are you going to blame others? Or is it going to become all right, what did I not do last week that I can improve upon? And if I improve upon these, is that going to give me another chance when I do get the chance to go back on the field? Then I put myself in a position where I can hopefully cement myself there and then not have to move or not have to be displaced by somebody else. Because I'm, I'm, I'm sure you can attest at the level you're at, like they're always going to bring in somebody and there's always a chance that someone's coming for your position to take it from you. So it's like if you don't have the mentality to like want to be a starter and do all the things necessary to be a starter – any given day that can probably just vanish. Yeah, like like you just said, is they're looking to replace you. College college football is a sick game. So in the offseason, I, I, I love recruiting because I like getting to know new people. I like getting to see where people's mindset people's mindset are as a high school football player and see if they would be a fit for Alabama. So I I love recruiting. Whenever they ask me to recruit, I'm like, yeah, like for sure. Who is he? What, what what do you want me to do with them? Like like I love recruiting because that's also going to help me get make my team better. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side, if you really think about it, like I'm trying, I'm getting my replacement to come here, and I feel like I feel like it's also another way to be like, yeah, you're you're replaceable. Like he he's here to replace you. You're bringing him here to replace you. So that makes you stay on the top of your game, and that's where that that the good kind of peer pressure comes in because nobody nobody wants to be here and not play. You know, so everybody's working together and working on getting each other better so they so they can play, so they can see the field. And obviously not everybody's gonna play, but the guys that aren't playing, they're gonna give their own little scout team so they can get on the ones and twos field so then they can see the field, you know. So it's just everybody wanting to get better. And it's not yeah, gonna, those are guys that you want to bring in. It's not gonna stop either. Like you, you get to the pros, like it's the same thing. Every year they're drafting somebody, like maybe they outperform you a little bit and they're they're a rookie, but you're like an eight year vet. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you going to do to be able to stay there another year, start another year, get them to sign you for another two to five years or, or whatever it is? Like, that's it's like that's the business, and that's that's the game at the end of the day. And what sacrifices you want to make to be able to stay in that position? That's always that's challenging. But yeah, like you said, keeping yourself at the top of your game as much as possible so that hopefully you can have the opportunity to be in that spot week after week, year after year. Who would you? Who would you attribute a lot of your 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 mental skill development from? My mental skill development. Um, I'm not gonna lie, probably probably Wrangles and you. Those those APD sessions did a lot for me. Just being in there with Wrangles and um, Coach Goose as well, Coach as well. Recipes, Coach Goose, but um, all all of you like those APD sessions. Like I really took those to heart and I understood like these are going to be, these are here to help me. This is, this is what got Evan to Alabama. This is what, this is what got Nolan Smith to Georgia. This is what got Noah Kane to, to um, Penn State. So like seeing all the guys that came before me and I just, I was bought, so bought into everything that IMG has to offer and just really paying attention to 
wrangles and what he was talking about as far as controlling your mind and not letting your mind control you and really training your mind as you train your body. So that was very crucial for me. And I remember when we did visualization one day, I think it was it was going into my junior year. And after that, after I did that one time, I, I do it every game. I do it before most practices. And it's just so crucial because we watched a, a video of a Seattle Seahawks wide receiver. I forget which I forget which one it was, but he said uh, he visualized and he went through a whole practice in his head without really having to do it. Exactly without really having to do it. I was like, man, let me try this. And I remember I tried it every game for my junior year and I was just straight up dominant. And then I do it every game from here on out. Every game, every practice, I, I do it all the time just because it mentally prepares me for what I'll see. Yeah. And that's, <clears throat> I think all those components are all pieces of the puzzle, right? We're, we're, you're, we're, that goal while I was there, and I think any staff, I mean, you could probably attest to where you're at now. Like, I think everybody's goal is collectively to work together to hopefully provide the athletes that 360 degrees of care. So you have all those skills or tools in your toolbox that you can use at your disposal, right? Not everyone's going to use mm-hmm. every single thing every single person provides to them, but it comes down to, like you said, obviously visual, visualization, taking naps, meditation, right? Like that specifically works for you. The offensive lineman next to you or the teammate next to you, they may not want to do all those things or they may not work best for them. And they may have another set of two or three tools that they use that works best for them. It's just putting yourself in the position to figure out like, what, what, what do I have? What works for me? And is that putting me in a, the best possible place or position every time that I walk out and have to perform and give my 110, 120% every single time? Mm-hmm. Could you speak a little bit about, let's say the nutrition end, um, you know, athlete, you're being around athletes for seven to eight years. Um, you have guys that are locked in, see the importance of sleeping, hydrating and fueling, you know, but you have other athletes that they're still kind of doing the same habits and stuff they've been doing their entire life. Um, you know, living on fast food and getting five hours of sleep and going into practice dehydrated sometimes. Um, just speak about what your, your thoughts on how you feel nutrition is important or, or maybe how you implement your own um, fueling and hydration and how that's made an impact on how you perform on a daily basis. Man, nutrition is so important and you can just feel the difference of when you're, when you fueled properly and improperly. So I'm always big on getting breakfast, getting lunch, eating before whatever I do. Even when I lift, I'll I keep some protein bars in my room so I can eat one on the way out because I want to have at least something on my stomach before I go lift at 6.30. But just even before practice, I feel like that's when it's the most crucial to eat. You have to find the right time to eat. So that's something I had to figure out, and I really didn't figure out until the um, the second week of spring ball this year because my schedule changed a little bit. So I got out of school um a little bit earlier so i will go straight to the facility eat do my whole routine but by the time practice rolls around where i practice where i meet for about an hour and a half two hours by the time practice rolls around i hadn't eaten in four and a half hours so i get halfway through practice and i feel my stomach i get a little tired and that's when i need some of the energy chews that the um training staff will give us they'll give us some crackers and i'm very appreciative of them, of them for being there but um just feeling properly is very important and then knowing when and how much to fuel your body. So like, if you know you got a night game and you're not a big eater on the day of the game, you got to eat heavy the night before, you got to eat a big breakfast and just just things like that and things of that nature. And if you're not a, a big eater before the game, just 
wake up earlier, but I feel like you you have to eat before the game. You got to eat before the game. Got to eat before practice. And then as far as hydration goes, you should always be drinking some water. Always, always, always. And my routine, I have a hydration routine before practice. I drink, um, I don't know if you guys have these, but bananas. I drink a banana, a right stuff, and a um, pee like all before practice. And then I'm 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 good. I'm good. I haven't had any problems. But I had to create that. I had to create that routine through trial and error. I remember the Ole Miss game. I started cramping a lot, so I had to figure out what worked for me. Mm-hmm. So after that game, that's when I implemented that routine before everything I did as far as practicing games. And that, that's always been hydrated. That's the difference right there. I think the two words you said, I mean, I, I preach all the time, schedule and routine. What's your schedule? Are you on top of looking at your schedule in the system? For example, like we have teamworks. So always telling guys, make sure you're looking at your teamworks all throughout the day, every single day, because you never know when something might change. You got to be able to be flexible. Stuff can happen out of out of the blue. But if you at least know your general schedule, then that's where you're fitting the puzzle pieces in between those things right like if i know classes are here lift is here practice is here all right well how am i going to fit in my meals how am i going to fit in my snacks right you had mm-hmm. a couple issues during a game or a couple issues during, like you said my energy was low because i didn't eat some for four hours i was i had cramping issues in one game i don't want that to happen again so sometimes what some athletes would do is just like ah it's whatever it won't happen again but in your situation your thought process was well i don't want that to repeat so what tools do I have that I can apply to put into place because I have this knowledge and how am I going to then correct and change that? So it doesn't repeat. Cause I'm sure you can attest to, right. If we're, if you're a practice, you're in a game, the last thing you want to do is have a cramp and get pulled out. The last thing you want to do is be an hour and 15 minutes into practice and only be able to get 50% because you don't have the energy to finish out the next, I don't know, 30 to 45 minutes of practice. Cause as- go ahead. Sorry, because you're all, but as a division one athlete, you have to have that mindset like, I can't afford to be taken out. I can't afford to miss this rep. That's what your mindset has to be. So, in that old Miss game, when I was cramping, I was like, Give me whatever. I, I got I, I don't. I hate getting IVs. I had to get an IV during halftime. I had to, um, I was drinking a whole lot. I was like, Whatever, whatever you got to give me, I'm not coming out of this game. Like, because that was, that was a big opportunity for me. That's when, um, one of the starters had went down and I had to. So, there, there was a rotation. Um, so the two, the two guys would start, the two starters would start. And after the first drive, I would rotate in that left and then I would go to right. And then we would just keep that rotation going. So one of the starters went down in the second half. So I went to prove to them I could play the whole game for the whole second half. Mm-hmm. My body wasn't used to playing the whole game because I would only play about 45, 50% of the game. So once that rep count increased, I had realized I didn't, I had been hydrating properly for what I was going to do, what I thought I was going to do, not what I actually ended up doing. So. Then I just that also had to tell myself like be prepared to play the whole game, and that's and that's yeah. interesting. The fact that you picked, you, you pro- I'm guessing you picked it up from probably sports science or strength and conditioning. Um, a key key thing you said there, and and I've had to work out with that with athletes before too. Is you know you try to prepare the best you can for the week, and sometimes if you're not getting first team reps right, your load that's getting put on your body or your tissues, right? If you're only getting a moderate level the whole week, and then all of a sudden like you went from 45 to 50% of the game and now you go to 100% of the game and your body wasn't ready for that during that week. And then now all of a sudden it gets heightened, the intensity and the load, right? It's just like, whoa, my body wasn't ready to adapt to that because my body wasn't in the position during the week to hit some of those just because I wasn't expecting maybe to get as many snaps or stuff like that. So that's that's where that 
flexibility comes into play and having to figure out like, all right, if I'm not going to get many reps, how do I still prepare myself and, and get that level of intensity? So regardless if I play 50 or hundred percent, my body's always going to be physically ready for whatever the demands of the game that's going to put on me. Mm-hmm. Um, could you, could you speak to just having a, a support staff as a whole and how that's important for maybe your teammates or yourself? Um, whether that's, I know you've spoken on nutrition, you've spoken on sports psychology, like, you know, why is it important that athletes should listen to all the support staff that they have to put them in the best position as possible? The, the, the amount of money schools invest in their support staff to show you why you should be using those resources, you know, like money, money doesn't grow on trees as much as it seems like it at these division one programs or even a lot of high schools like IMG, like money doesn't grow on trees. So if they're allocating resources to get that kind of support staff, it's, it's really important you should use it. So just it's crucial. So if the people are there, use them, like, like make, make them earn their check. That's what my mom always told me, make them earn their check. <laughs> <laughs> make them earn a check, check don't let them just sit there so just use them as resources because they also they're also going to be older than you so it's just the wisdom that they can impart on you and just just going to build that relationship with them shows them that you care and the word of your character gets out who knows NFL teams when they come visit they might ask to support that oh how is this guy well yeah. I never really had a relationship with him or I have a negative relationship with him or I have a positive relationship with him all that stuff matters in the long run. So just go out of your way to build a relationship with the support staff and let them help you because they want to. That's what they're there for. And everybody always says, like, you never know who's going to come in the building and talk to any of the staff at any given time. And, I mean, I'm sure you've probably heard stories from guys that you've seen that, you know, from your team that have gone to the next level. And, you know, some of these recruiting staff and individuals will go to the longest length, <laughs> high school, grandma, wh whoever it is, so, like, What's some facts on this guy? Like, is this guy a legitimate, like, all-around good human being? And he's going to provide a good presence to our team? And he's going to be a team player? Or it's like there's some tough questions they're going to have to ask him because he made some decisions that weren't ideal. And if you look at social media, too, people are going back three, four, five, six years on social media and, and, and basing guys' characters off of a comment that may have meant nothing or they didn't mean something by it or – you know, they, they have probably grown and developed from maybe that stupid comment that happens, but I'm sure you can say, like, you got to be ready for anything that comes at you that they may ask. Mm -hmm. And I always used to say, you probably remember this, but, like, I want to work myself out of a job, right? Like, I want to I want to get you as an athlete to a point where I don't have to get a 1,000 texts from you all the time. Like, I don't have to keep telling you the same thing over and over. Like, you should be at the point that I've I've given you these tools and skills that you can take them an obstacle comes your way, you know what to do, you know how to fix it, and you're right back on track. Versus if you're not utilizing those resources, you keep running the same problem, then you're just in this loop and you're not doing anything to figure it out. And then you're just in this continuous loop, having the same issues, problems, concerns, and then you're not getting the most out of what you could be doing on the field at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Any, any final words you'd like to give or express to whether it's support staff, whether it's it's athletes, even specific football players listening to this, um, that you would want them to take away that you feel like could be helpful for them to hear, whether it's now because they're in college, whether it's a high school athlete, maybe even seen a middle school athlete, you know, what what kind of words of wisdom could you give them that they should be trying to start doing now if possible? 
um prepare like you're like the game is tomorrow start preparing like you're the like you're the day one starter that's gonna help you achieve all the all of the goals that you have set out and you find you find an older person you find a starter you just you just stay in their back you stay in their back pocket you do everything that they do because obviously they've done things the right way enough to be considered by the coach a starter and a leader on the team in order in order to be out there and start for me at IMG, it was Jordan Butler. I stayed in Jordan. I said I followed JB around, and he was a he was a great mentor for me, and he showed me what it was like to be at IMG. So just find that one person, stay in their back pocket, and and learn from them. You know, learn, and then just on on top of that, just take everything one day at a time. Not everything is gonna change overnight, but take it one day at a time. Get better each day. Win every day. That's yeah, and a couple points from there is. You know, progress doesn't just look like this. It's not just a straight line going straight up. Like you're going to have days where it's this, it's going to drop down and then go up and then go down. As long as it's getting to the point you want to, like that's the goal, but you're going to have some roadblocks that are going to pop up in between there. And progress sure. isn't always sexy and isn't always going to be, you know, getting from point A to point B in a couple of weeks to a month. You know, sometimes it could take years to get to that point. And it's like, are you okay physically and mentally with that process and for that to happen? And, you know, to, to, to speak a little bit about the story with Jordan Butler, you know, two big things he did when I was there. One was, um, I'm not going to honestly put, put his name out there, but we had an athlete that he was good friends with that was having a really challenging time with his fueling. And, you know, he didn't want to talk to me, right? Like, didn't really want to change, was in this kind of like same loop, doing the same thing like over and over and over. And, you know, Jordan like physically walked him, I remember, to my office and sat him down in the office with me. Again, this is someone who's like 17, 18 years old doing this for another teammate, which goes to show you what type of type of person he was. And he's like, like, you need to get help from him. Because if you don't get help, he's like, I can't count on you as a teammate. He's like, you're not going to be able to hit the goal that you just keep talking about how, what you want to do. Like, it is not going to be fun what we have to do and the changes you're going to have to make. But like, if you listen to him or you listen to the staff, that's here, like, we're going to put you in a better position. And there was times where he even would come, like, I would I would talk with this athlete, and he would even come and sit with him to hold him accountable to make sure he came, which was crazy to me. I'm like, man, this is this guy's doing this at 17, 18-year-old, bringing his own teammate and keeping him accountable. And then he was the same way, right? There was a point mm -hmm. in time, you know, he wanted to hit a certain goal. I can't remember if it was his junior or senior year. And – he must have came in every day at times. Sean, I want to sit down and talk about this. Sean, I want to sit and talk about that. Sean, can we write this up on the board? Hey, do you think this is a good idea to tweak this? And, and if I couldn't meet in person, it was a text message or it was a FaceTime. It was a phone call, whatever it was. But like he was like truly dedicated to get to that point and, and valued the staff and the presence that we had there to be able to get to that. So as soon as you said his name, I was like, yeah, he was – he was another type of cat that that knew from a really young age what it took, and he was also a really good leader, you know, being able to help his teammates um, off the field and on the field as well. But um, really appreciate you coming on. I know you're probably a really busy guy. Um, yes, sir, I, was a, I was a declining call. <laughs> oh, no problem. <laughs> uh, where can people follow you, your social media, or if you have anything else other besides that? So my Instagram is tbook.underscore. 
my um and my Twitter is I am Tyler Booker, and then my Facebook if if you just type in Tyler Booker, it's the same thing. Awesome. Um, anybody that wants to watch any more episodes of this podcast or um, any of the other resources that I can provide um, to you as an athlete or practitioner, all my digital links will be in the bio that you can click on and access that on my Lake Tree link. Um, super excited to get this out and book as always keep working hard. Um, super, pr super proud of you. Love, love the process that you're going through right now and, and excited to con continue to watch and see how that progresses from here. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the song. All right. I'll see you later. Have a good one.